When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Talk Yo-ish. I'm Tatiana, and I'm not only the hostess with the mostest, but I get people to spill all their tea while learning about their erotic, exotic jobs and professions. Ever wonder what a porn star does on her free time? Well, here it is. So enjoy the show. everybody, I'm here at the law office of Luke LaRoe. Am I saying it correctly? Yes, you are. All right, tell me what it is. We're at the law office. This is the law office of Luke Charles LaRoe, PA, which is the professional association, and I'm the principal of that entity, Luke LaRoe Esquire. Ah, I love it. Now, your daughter is such a great friend of mine, Lauren, and, you know, she does my lashes and everything else, and I love her. I think she's great. Um, I met you a few times, and I was like... Very starstruck. I'm like, hey, let's let's do this. Let's have some fun. There you go. Now, what? Um, this is criminal law, correct? I do a little bit of everything. We work on a lot of civil cases. Uh, about the only things we don't do are probate and family law. And family law. Nobody wants that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hate to see people fighting over the dishes. Yes, of course. Now, you are very active in, I hate to call it the underworld, but as far as um, the entertainment you you i've seen you've done marvelous things you take cases in entertainment that no one would even think was something i I take the cases that interest me that are challenging and i don't really care about what other people think about that as long as it's something that i think that i can provide some beneficial service to now you're you're a winner though i've seen uh some of your numbers there you we we do well uh you think outside the box and you act in a dedicated fashion and you care about people and you get the results you hope for more often than not now you you go into court and you litigate correct often yes. often how many people work here with you are there are other lawyers under you yes yeah, sean who is lauren's significant other john yes. cologne works with me he's a wonderful attorney it's it's just it's great that he and lauren have a wonderful relationship and he and i have a great relationship and you know, when you have a team that you also have some family contours in addition to that, it just makes for a great combination. I think people strive stronger. They strive better when it's family because then you have to see somebody at Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly correct. <laughs> are there times that you and Sean are sitting at the table wanting to choke each other? <laughs> well, let's just say oftentimes when we talk, 
it'll venture into the professional area because that's on our minds. Yeah. And it doesn't interest anybody else in the family. And they're like, hey, bring it back to where we are so that we can all enjoy the conversation. But it doesn't happen that often. I mean, we tend to segregate. And you have to learn how to segregate and compartmentalize the pressures of this job and the love and affection that's part of a personal life. If you let the two contaminate each other, it's a recipe for disaster. I right. You have to leave it at you have to leave it at work. Work is at work. Exactly. You can pick up yelling at somebody when you get back to work. Exactly. <laughs> now you have a wonderful, beautiful wife and another daughter. Um, are you? Is it? Is it different that they're not all in the law in the field of law? No, I think. Watching the agony that I went through for well over 30 years now, I mean, Lauren's 25. She's seen it every step of the way, and so has Alexis. Yeah. I was a lawyer when I met her mother. I have a feeling that they thought I would rather do anything else than be a <laughs> lawyer because it just looks like it's tense. It's it's time-consuming. The pressure never ends. The telephone calls never end. Yeah, because so. even when you're off hours, it's you're not off hours. Yeah, and when you do adult entertainment work, then people's lunchtime is at 4 a.m. So yes. You, now, get, you get phone calls at all hours of the day, and in order to be responsive, you have to take those calls. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I worked for a chiropractor up until before the podcast, but, um, yes, I was taking calls all the time, especially when people are getting in car accidents at 2 in the morning. Right. Uh, they don't know what to do. So what are some of your famous cases that you've worked on oh, that you can wow. remember that are, like, memorable? <laughs> there are so many. And I, I guess it, it, it's interesting in how I got involved in this type of work. I mean, I went to law school in San Francisco. I worked in a printing and advertising company during oh. the day. I grew up in Clearwater. I went to Florida and Florida State. And I went out west to go to law school. I used to go out there every summer because my dad was in the construction business, and I was a member of the labor union, so I could make enough money in the summer to pay for my college without taking out any student loans. That's and I awesome. went out there in 1979 to get ready to go to law school, and the company that he was working for had Baltic. They bought a Baltic Trader, which is a sailing ship. It looks mm -hmm. like a pirate ship. <laughs> and uh, they were going to take it around the world, and my dad said, hey, these guys are looking for people that are capable and would be willing to go on a trip around the world in a beautiful sailing vessel built in 1910. Do you want to give it a shot? And I said, sure. Sure. So instead of going to law school, I did that from – just before Halloween 1979 and we sailed for a couple of years and then in 81 we went to New York and they went to Ireland to continue their round the world venture and I Jeez. went back to San Francisco and started law school in 82. Law school was calling you. It was it was interesting and my dad basically said look if you don't get off now you're never going to get off. Yeah. And, and it was good because I lived I lived in an in-law apartment that was owned by one of the three guys that owned the boat and mm -hmm. the company that owned the boat. And I got to keep up with where they were and what they were doing. And it was really, really a tight-knit community. That's I mean, awesome. We, that boat's not around anymore, is well, it? Well, Dolby bought the boat in, I want to say, after 1986 because they made it all the way around the world. So after I got out of law school, I went back to Vancouver for the last leg of the trip, which was as rough as it had ever been. You know, and I'm thinking, yeah, it'd be great. I'd get on the boat because I remember it from being in Antigua with a bunch of people sailing and, you know, having a great time. And it was freezing. It was like December, January of 1986, 87, and uh, went out there. And we brought it back home. And then one of the owners passed away. And it was very Aww. depressing because every time people got together, that's what they thought of because he was one of the main guys. So they sold it to the Dolby Corporation. Mm -hmm. Dolby took it back through the Panama Canal. 
kind of following in our footsteps, more or less. And they got taught, they got stuck in a white squall off Bermuda, and down she went. So the boat what is, is the no white more. squall? I don't know what that is. It's it's a huge and very dangerous storm that pretty much comes out of nowhere. Ah, oh, jeez. And uh, I understand everybody survived with with you know the rafts and the life preservers and things of that nature, but the boat is gone. Oh well, I mean, so. I guess a good memory, and and it wasn't oh, yeah. meant to be re- redone. I, I've got some pictures here. I was gonna you know, say I'm gonna have to see some photos of this some, one. Some classics. It was a lot of fun. It was good, and it, I think. It really it helped me learn a lot of skills I didn't have before on dealing with people because when you work on a boat, oh yes, <laughs> you're especially this boat. It was wide open. You worked with a large crew. You had a lot of guests, so you're within about eight inches of somebody else 24/7. So you learn to get along. So this was perfect. It was, and the thing is, it's you know it, it's a, it's a team sport and it's life or death. Oftentimes, I mean, we got stuck in. Uh, I want to. I'm trying to remember the hurricane that came through the Caribbean. I want to say Hurricane David, I think. And you mm-hmm. know, back then I was spoiled because in Florida, they used to have the latitude longitude where you could keep track of hurricanes on a grocery bag. Yeah. But we're a lot farther away. When you're down there, it comes out of nowhere and it's on you in about 10, 12 hours. So yeah. Like, well, we had to get ready, and then lots of boats got destroyed in that, and we ended up, you know, running the engine we had a school bus engine on this thing and we ended up running it full blast into the waves to try to maintain the boat where it was in the harbor without dragging anchor and smashing up on the shore which many many boats did i have a whole lot of photographs of that but it was and we saved the boat and all the communications were gone so the owners of the boat they couldn't find out any information and all they saw were all these pictures of the absolute devastation (laughs) caused and they're thinking oh my god our boat is destroyed when we finally got a hold of them we had a picture of it it's out there with probably about three or four other boats as opposed to 50 or 60 other boats are like you guys did such a great job but i mean we put on dive masks and towels under our hoodies yeah because the rain was Was coming down so hard and even where the masks didn't cover our face yeah we got bruised where the rain was hitting us while we were up there on deck trying to run the boat were you were you in your 20s around this I would have been in my 20s yeah my early 20s how did you meet your beautiful wife that's a long story oh all right well it'll be a part two yeah no no it's I met I actually met her because she was introduced to me because she was then married to my then secretary's boyfriend's brother (laughs) I love it So she's married to Stevie Mm mm-hmm and Stevie ends up getting in trouble for doing things to her and other people. Mm-hmm. And my secretary says, hey, will you help my boyfriend's brother out? And I said, sure. And I did. And that's where I met her. And I thought, wow, why would anybody mistreat somebody this wonderful, this beautiful? Yeah. And I think I, think I said something as, as wonder, you know, greatest pickup line in the world was like, if, if you were my wife, I wouldn't abuse you. Ah, and uh, She was like you know, sold. One thing led to another. <laughs> and uh, that was that. Oh, that is so sweet. How long have so, you guys been married now? 26 years. That's amazing. Right. It's been a long time. We have beautiful kids out yeah. of it. And um, I haven't met your other daughter, but um, Lauren is tr- by yeah. far one of my favorites. She's a star. I'm really lucky. Both of my daughters are just, they're, they're kind, they're considerate. You know, to, to the best of my knowledge, they don't have any bad habits that I think would cause their demise. So I'm happy about all that. And they got great guys. Both of them have great guys. Yes. Yes. As far as I haven't met Sean, but it's funny because I feel like I know him because we're always 
chit-chatting all the time about about sean about my husband about it just goes round and round and um it's i love to hear the stories it's my favorite part and and candidly i know lauren thinks the world of you oh she she does does. thank you i think the world of her i'm always i'm like we're supposed to be best friend status right now yeah i wanted to come to the expo with you guys because i was supposed to go down there to meet um bob shapardi and um This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John Hollihan and a couple of the big names. Um, right. Chris K from ED. And I didn't make it, but you got to go. We did. Did yep. you have fun? I had a wonderful time. Were you we drinking? Had, yeah. Well, I, I probably drink a little too much, but the, you see, that's when I'm among my people. Yeah. And... I was there at the first one, and I think this was like the 27th or 28th. Yes. I know COVID disrupted it once, but I've never missed that convention. Uh, I wanted to go with you guys so bad. Like, both yeah. me and Lauren wanted to go, but it just wasn't in the stars. Um, yeah. I just had quit my job and started right. doing the podcast full-time, so now I have a sponsor, uh, Manscaped. They sponsor me, so now I'm on the on the hunt for some more sponsors. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I'm like, hmm, Mr. Luke, don't forget me. There you go. No, it's good. Now, the one of the things I like about that convention, and I can remember one time, and I, it just have all these like little episodes that will stay with me forever. I remember it was probably early 2000s, late 1990s. We're checking in at the Tropicana, and there's a bunch of college kids checking checking in, and one of the guys starts yelling to her buddies and says, "Hey, we're here at the same time as the stripper convention," and they all start going crazy. <laughs> It's actually way different than that. I mean, they have contests, but for the most part, it's all the successful entrepreneurial aspects of running a nightclub. Yes, exactly. And yeah, yeah, because uh, then there's Exotica, which is more of, I don't know if you've ever been to that one. Um, That one's more of the pole competitions, more of the dancer aspect of it. This one is more of a a sensual aspect to that as much as a business. You know, they they sell more carpet at mine than they do at the other one. Yes, they do. Right. (laughs) But it it looked like such a a big place to be. And um, I don't know if you know Janine Jericho. Um, Sounds very familiar. Yeah. uh, She's fire and ice. Uh, She's by herself. There there you go. Okay. She she came on the show a few times. We're really good friends now. And um, I was supposed to meet her down there, too. But I'll have to wait for the next one. Got it. I know she did the one in Chicago because they're doing like a little tour right now. Um, they go to all the you just go to the one in Florida, right? Yeah. You just yeah. stay out this way. Well, actually, it's usually in Las Vegas. This was the oh, first yes. time they had it in Florida, but it was wonderful. They had it a great the Hotel Intercontinental in Miami. Yes. It's centrally located. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel. Yes. And absolutely. Miami's a blast. I mean, a lot of people put Miami down. Miami, if if you know how to operate there and you have 
some people that you can enjoy their company. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, so for me it is. I love Miami. I only yeah. go to Miami to hang out and party. Yeah. I haven't been there in forever because I know I'll get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. Now, so when when you're coming to take your cases, um, people are just, how are they contacting you? They just look me up on the internet. I mean, I don't advertise. I uh, see. I know. I'm like, you're, I'm probably your first and only advertisement so far. I, I just, I, I have never had a park bench. I've never advertised in the newspaper. I've never had to advertise. Just word of mouth. Always word of mouth. And I'm as busy I, as I could ever be. Yeah. Now as much as ever. You're that good, though, that we hear it through the grapevine, like the old days, like the yep. old school. Because um, some people are, don't know what to do without phones and internet. Um, I was born in the 80s, so it's it's fine right. for me. I know how to find my way on a map without having to use GPS. But right. matter of fact, GPS actually takes me places I don't need to be. That's right. why I text you. I said, I think I'm in front of your building. There you go. <laughs> Just yeah. to make sure. Well, I think you've been such a great person. Um, I mean, like I said, in this industry, um, some of us are looked upon differently. Um, I know I'm not in the aspect of the porn or the clubs i'm just the door i was the door girl for 12 years but i don't judge and i always tell the girls if you're gonna do it do it right and no matter what you do just you know right. believe in yourself and just know you're gonna do it yeah so uh, it's you, been a pleasure it's it's actually it's been a lot of fun and just by doing this and being committed and and disciplined and dedicated not to blow smoke but yeah i actually had the privilege of being the president of the First Amendment Lawyers Association back in, yes. in 2000. Are you still? I still am. Oh. I'm still very active. In fact, I've, since I was president so long ago, now I'm a chairman emeritus, like Ooh. I'm 130 years old. But uh, <laughs> What do they do? Know. Do you have meetings for this? We, we do. We used to have two meetings a year. COVID has disrupted us. We did it virtually. There's supposed to be a meeting in September in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I used to go there twice a year. We'd give the presentations, and I used to give them the update on adult entertainment. And, you know, those cases are really important. It's not just dealing with nightclubs or strip clubs or bookstores or anything like that. It really dealt with very important constitutional issues. So, you know, for instance, Joe Redner tried to open a club in Citrus County. We were in court for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, just by way of example, he tried to open it up in 1988. Uh, he went to jail for that. And then we finally prevailed on an appeal. And then in 1995, we had a lawsuit in the federal courthouse in Ocala to get him damages for what they did to him. We did very well. And even with a very conservative jury, they gave him a substantial amount of money. Yeah. Well, that's you. You are the one and you you believe in it. I think it's when you believe in something it's you know, you will it. it, and, it and it's justice. Right. Uh, a lot of people look at the underworld as they don't have rights, and they do, and they're doing something, and right. everybody just needs to understand that it's a job. It's not like they all want to be there, and they all are like, this is what I grew up and I want to do. Yeah. It's a job, and when they're good at something, you can't say, oh, I'm a carpenter and I'm good at that. I dance on the pole, and I'm good at that. Right. I mean, it goes both ways, so I really thank you for all of us that you 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 fight for what's right and and a lot of like i said a lot of lawyers would look at us and they're like oh dancer no and right away they kind of dismiss you or club right. owner and throw you to the side well you know, so I, I know it's a cliche but dancers are no different than anyone else and people that's in the, the adult industry you, you judge them by the content of their character 
not the way that they dance and, and that's the way it should be and that's what the pod was about starting in with women that are strong that are doing what they have to do and i want people to see that just because a porn stars on tv um she's not always just doing that off camera sometimes they do other things and i want and sometimes they have other businesses i want people to understand that we are people too right that's important i really appreciate everything it's amazing any last thoughts well, no, it's just a great pleasure. I mean, I hardly got a chance to go into any of my cases. I've had some very interesting cases, but let's save that for another show. Oh, I think yeah. that would be Listen, interesting. I'm here forever. We'll do part two because you know, like, we're best friends now. From the obscene comic book to the voyeur dorm to I could go down a very long list. It's It's been very interesting. Oh, wait, wait. you got to tell us real quick about the voyeur dorm. Is it the oh, one well, in Tampa? It, it is, actually. I, and and I, I remember there. what it was is the voyeur dorm was a house yes, in a residential rooms. area. That was marketed for members to view the uh, the indiscretions, as if you will, of the many co-eds that lived there. Not many were co-eds, but I remember having so much fun because they knew that controversy would get them free advertising and they would get them more members. So every time that something happened, they would promote that. They had promoters, you know, yes, publicists up in New York. And they did a great job doing that, and it, it made them all millionaires. But what happened was the city of Tampa was out looking for this place, saying, mm -hmm. we're going to close you down as an adult business. And yep. we actually ended up going in front of the zoning board to prove that, hey, there's nobody that comes here. It's not like a dance club that has yep. to be zoned in a special place. Nobody's walking in. Nobody's you know leaving a beer can in the parking lot. Here's a picture of the house with the cameras on. Here's a picture of the house with the cameras off. Same picture. Same picture. No so, disturbances. And what it, what happened was in court here in Tampa, the court threw us out on our ear. They said, nope, you're adult. You know, people pay money to watch this, that, and the other thing. And then what happens was we ended up going on in an appeal to Atlanta, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which is just one notch under the Supreme Court. And it was really the first case where they actually ruled that the Internet is different from a bricks, bricks and mortar operation. Uh -huh. So none of those rules apply and we won and it was just wonderful so that's one of those cases that for this case was good but for everybody else that made their living off the internet they call it like a president case presidential it, case it was precedential. precedential and for anybody that was working out of their home it was really really ground ground shaking it was great amazing well i've just referred two people to you and one of them's a porn star so i don't know if she called you already but we'll talk about that off the off the record my pleasure <laughs> anything yeah thank you i really appreciate what you do because i think the more that people participate in getting the word out and giving a degree of normalcy to the adult industry it can only help because we're all people we we're all, all people yeah. We all deserve to be treated with respect and kindness and do the same for others, and that's what it's all about. And I appreciate you putting Thank your best you. efforts into reaching that goal. Always. And with that said, you can just tell all your friends that they can come on Talk Yo Ish. There you go. <laughs> I'm the first traveling podcast, so good. this is it. Thank I'm you impressed. so much. I, I loved it. Luke LaRoe, you're the best. I My just pleasure. want to tell you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to my podcast, Talk Yo Ish. Like I always say, every episode better than the last. Now, don't forget to order your Manscaped with promo code Talk Yo Ish. Everyone deserves smooth balls. Till next time. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg 
but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 